Round one is complete, and what a big week it was in football. I don't know if I'm allowed to steal that line or not, but I just have, so sue me. Um, I suppose the highlight of the round, unfortunately, was the amount of injuries, and second most unfortunate thing is the amount of dickhead Richmond supporters it tends to be getting their face in the media, which we'll get to shortly. But round two is a massive, massive week for... Richmond and Collingwood, let's be honest, they're uh, after the prelim final last year. There's a little bit of bad blood and redemption wanted on our part, and Collingwood, after their loss in round one, are going to want to come out firing as well. So we thought we'd get two experts in to help us out, just break down this game and also go over our previous games in round one. From the Tigers, Captain Blood 17, welcome back to the show again, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely to be here. And good to see that I'm an expert, because that's an ex as it has been, and a spurt to drip under pressure. I've been called both many times. No, you're, you're expert and you're, you're a loyal helper of the show. You, you come on and you help me out every time. So your opinion's always welcomed. We get a lot of good feedback when you're on the show as well. So with your uh, funny stories and your squeaky chair. Have you got a squeaky chair tonight, by the way? Let's yeah. not squeaking now. Oh, no. <laughs> Tiger said anyone's going to be shaved by that. He will not be happy. I'll just have to swear instead. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll try we'll try not to <laughs> uh, we can't promise anything here on the tiger cast you all know that and from the collingwood side of town we've got morgan ashley who is a regular on our show when we do play collingwood so morgs welcome to you oh thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be back um my chair might be a bit squeaky so that's okay i might make up for captain blood the more background noise it's, I, I always have really bad timing when I invite Morgan Ashley onto the program because I send her a message. She's like, yeah, yeah, no worries, I'll come on. And then something will happen Collingwood-related and I'll start tweeting about it. And I'm like, shit, she can see this and she probably thinks I'm the biggest dick that I've asked onto the show. Now I'm just shit-canning Collingwood. But it's all in good fun and she has a bit of a laugh as well. But I, I do accept my timing can sometimes be poor with that stuff. I think it, it was maybe even the same day you invited me on. And then it you just have... like gave... <laughs> You gave it to us on Twitter. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it might I'm have been too. Yeah, it was. There was a bit of instant regret on my part. I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Or just waited 24 hours, maybe. But no, it's um, <laughs> all a bit of fun. We, we, we've copped our fair share as well. Uh, all in good fun. Oh, yeah, I think it was um, some choking meme that you posted about us. Oh, most likely, yeah. Some One of the guys yeah. on the board would have posted, and I just share it out there if I think it's funny enough. Um, both teams suspect to a bit of a choke, as we both found Ooh. out late last year. <laughs> I really thought those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, but well, that's okay. I still okay. stand by that we didn't choke in the prelim. You were just the better team on the night. And I'm happy to admit that. That's I'm fine with that. Is that the game that we're reviewing? Because I'd much rather do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of blanked out. I've, I've got this what blank do you mean? spot in my mind. <laughs> I've got like three pages of notes here ready to go. They all probably... say Mason Cox on them. This is probably the most we've spoken about the prelim since it happened, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, oh, I understand. I don't talk about what happened the week after. So. <laughs> no, he, he was Superman that day, Mason Cox. And it'll never happen again. No, we're all aware of that, but it happened when it needed to, unfortunately for us. But uh, we didn't we didn't help ourselves. We didn't really try and stop him for whatever reason. Poor coaching, poor attitude by the players, but that's all in the past now. We're in 2019. It's a new season, and let's see if we can learn from our lessons this week. Um, we've got a new segment we'll start off with tonight. It's a bit of a, bit of a rip-off from, I think, uh, is it Game Day on Channel 7? They do that three things you learnt from round one. It's obviously a brand new season, new rules, new players at different clubs, um, a whole range of things. And it would just be interesting to get 
your thoughts on three things that you learned after the round one. So, Captain Blood, I'll start with you. What'd you learn? Uh, JLT form can translate. So, we've all been there when you're eagerly watching those first couple of hitouts, and you get that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach, and you think, oh no, is this going to be our year? <laughs> and um, I think for Essendon supporters um, in particular, and uh, a couple of others, it's, it really has been translated into round one performances, I feel. That's one thing I learned. Um, the second thing I learned was Freo looked really, really good. Um, I watched when I was in the gym the other day. I stuck their game on, and to that second quarter, they looked phenomenal with their ball movement. A bit scrappy, but um, could be a real big surprise packet over there, Freo. And the third thing, um, Sydney and the Crows looked slow. Um, they looked a uh, fair bit off it, and I don't know why. I doubt you, Alistair Clarkson. You are still a genius, and I shouldn't tip against you. That's all I got. Yeah, I got bent by that one as well. You, you can't write Clarko off. He is. He's an unbelievable coach. Um, I was gobsmacked by that scoreline. Just on Frio, did Reese Conker play? Yep. How'd he go? Good, mate. Yeah, they smashed North. They, the only thing that kept North in it was the fact they kicked about seven goals straight. Their first four, seven shots were seven goals straight, while Frio pinged in about 11. But the Frio's run off the half-back um, was phenomenal. I think there was a goal by Hill. They showed a passage of play where it started on, you know, in their defensive half. He sprinted the length of the ground. So while his ball's pinging on the far side, he sprinted down the other side and got on end of it and snapped through a beautiful goal. Like, they looked really good. And they're on ball division with Mundy, Fife, a couple of big boys around the pill. They looked really, really solid. And without lying, I'll ask both of you this. Did you both visit the North Melbourne board to read their autopsy thread, yes or no? Uh, no, I didn't because I watched my couch copper beating at the hands of my North Melbourne supporter boyfriend and I thought, that's enough for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, you see, so you've seen it live. You didn't have to read anything. Oh, no. <laughs> you saw it in person. There was nothing that I could read on there that would compare to the dints in my couch. That's Fair okay. Enough. And CB's laugh uh, tells me that he did venture <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh, oh, Snake Baker started the autopsy thread. He was the opening post. It was that, just a thing of beauty. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a good, it was a good opening post, I must admit. When he comes on for the North Melbourne game with you, we're going to have to ask him about that. That was a killer. Oh, my God. And the Essendon board was delightful. Oh, Holy no, shit, I, I, I went second. there. I guarantee <laughs> you I read every minute of their game day thread. Oh, delicious. They were sacking Rutten by page one. Um, it just went from there. It was great. Well, the performance guy got the ass. In round Did one? You see... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love them so much. Yeah, the gift that keeps them giving. And I'm just going to put it out there right now. Go to the Saints. Come on, St. Kilda. <laughs> oh, you're evil. But I like it. All right, Morgan, actually, what were the three things you learnt from round one? Um, I'll start with Melbourne will always be Melbourne. They just have the ability to disappoint like no other. No matter how many times they give you this hope for better, they can just let you down every time, and I really enjoy that. Um, (laughs) Anyone who claims a team won't win a game knows nothing about football. So I was watching the Gold Coast-St Kilda game, and multiple times they mentioned that Gold Coast wouldn't win a game this season. Like, that never happens. It's not going to happen. Why are we still throwing that out there? Like, Dwayne Russell needs to take a lie down. 
Mm. And Essendon will always overpromise under deliver on preseason predictions. <laughs> yeah, that's the safest house is that one. Um, on the Gold Coast one, I I know what you're saying. I think they'll be lucky to win more than two if it happens. I'm just I don't know where their win's going to come from. However, I mean I know they got within a point of St Kilda, but I'm not sure who that says more about. To be honest, at this stage, it was a little bit of an underwhelming game. But I was hoping Gold Coast won just quietly. But... Uh, yeah, I was I was riding it like they were my own team because yeah. was... it just felt like the weight of expectation on them and whatever. They're not going to be any good. Um, but they were they were serviceable. They put in effort. Like they're going to win a game. Yeah, they will. They definitely will at some point. It's probably going to have to be a home game. I think is their best chance. Uh, yeah. I just I don't game. Think... Games up there, they're hot, they're humid, they know the conditions better than the visiting teams do. It can just be a scrap. So well, We're probably due to lose one up there. We're good for one. Is Carmichael Hunt still playing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> they'll bring him back. The, the mid-season draft, they'll bring him in just for our game. <laughs> we'll do it. Have they got a Cairns game? Right. Oh, yeah. No, that's our second home ground. We love it up there. Oh, yeah. It wasn't worth the money. It, just worth the <laughs> it really wasn't. Uh, and I've got the three things that I learned from round one is limiting the use of the runner is going to cause more and more low scores due to fatigue uh, from the players being on the ground for too long, which I've tweeted heavily about the last couple of days. Um, Brisbane confirmed my thoughts from last year that they really aren't as bad as what their 2018 win-loss record suggested. I thought they were one of the better teams in the bottom half of the eight for the year, despite what their ratio said. They, yeah, they're going to push a lot of teams this year. And number three, the Essendon hype train could derail very, very quickly again, uh, despite a few Essendon people trying to tell me that it's not the club that hyped themselves up, it's the media. It's probably a little bit of both, to be fair, but... Yeah, the club have brought this upon themselves. Okay. Um, I did see on um, just a bit off the track of that, but I did see on Facebook before that James Hurd's going to be on the hot breakfast tomorrow. Yes, that is correct. Who wants to hear from him? Like I, Captain Blood does. <laughs> I don't. I don't see why anybody that listens to that would want to hear from that guy. You, you, you know, you, you know when you bait me like that, <laughs> you, you can't do that to me. You know. Come I'm on, Cappy, give me something. Give me something. No, no. Just James, to fill you in, I'm not sure if you know this, Walks, but he was actually meant to have his own airtime to rant and rave about the James Hur thing, and he shelved it because we we missed it one week. He was going to do it the next week. It's like, no, nope, I don't want to give him the airtime. I don't want to do it. And then now yeah, this has popped up again. So we've baited him beautifully here. No, no. We're gonna, I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to move on. <laughs> you, you, you don't remember how I started the first one when you said before we went on air, no one swear. And then what did I do? <laughs> in the intro, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> we can hear it in your voice. You're getting antsy. You really want to open up here, Cappy. Oh, I just. <laughs> All I'll say you, is, depending just... on the content of the interview, if the interview res- resolves around him coming back to an AFL club, check our board for a thread because he'll post one within minutes, I reckon. <laughs> it's a watch this space. All you Essendon ferals out there, if you ever happen to listen to this, right, understand this. It was people's children that got injected with unknown shit. Would James Hurd be prepared to have that type of unlicensed shit happen to his own kids? That's all I'll say. He's a piece of shit. Anyway, I'll yep. stop. 
Fair enough. We'll uh, we'll quickly move on to the review of the round one games we both had. Uh, Collingwood versus Geelong. Uh, Collingwood 9-11-65, lost to the Cats 10-12-72. Very close game, Orgs. What were your thoughts on the game? Obviously not happy with the loss, but how did the Pies fare, do you reckon? Uh, It was an ideal start to the year, but Geelong seemed to have this ability to really choke us up. So as a high-scoring team like we were last year, the only team that really like came in with a plan to beat us and really nailed us down was Geelong last year, and they did it again on Friday night. Um, it wasn't a great start. We had more of the ball, yet conceded at least 10 more inside 50s. Um, our tackling pressure wasn't there. Um, I just think it was a really slow and meek start to the season for us, really, um, which is disappointing because we usually pride ourselves on our intensity. So, Actually, on that, one of the um, guys from my work's a Collingwood supporter, and he was ropeable about the lack of physicality from that your players showed. Is that a fair call? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, like every team has a barometer, and our physical barometer and the kind of soul of our team to me, is Taylor Adams, and he wasn't playing. And I don't know. Also, Levi Greenwood, he brings that bit of grunt, and he didn't play. Um, I think it was just a yeah, – it was soft. It was a soft performance, and they got what they deserved. And hey, what about hey, – Morgs, can I ask? Can, mm-hmm. can I ask you a question, Morgs? Mm-hmm. I reckon every Collingwood supporter must be rejoicing over the fact that Alex Fasolo is no, no, no longer on that field, but you've got um, Elliot back out there. He looked fantastic. Oh, it was, it was absolutely beautiful just to see him play. Um, he's really battled the last two seasons. Like I don't think he played last year at all. Um, and to bring him into a team that lost a grand final by five points <clears throat> and to lose uh, liability like Alex Fasolo is really great. Um, <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with that situation. Um, I also really enjoyed watching Alex Fasolo play for Carlton on Thursday. <laughs> so were we. Um, <laughs> I, I went to that game. I I had quite a few laughs at his expense. Um, so, yeah, it's a definite upgrade on Alex Fasolo is Jamie Elliott. And it was also good to have Darcy Moore back. Um, yeah, he looked good. I mean, he looked good as an halfback. He did look good. He, like... In a game where it seemed difficult to take contested marks, like it was very hot, it seemed a bit slippery. Um, he clunked marks that others weren't. Um, so I think that in time they will get better. It looked as if our forward line struggled a bit with Elliot playing the role that Dugowie was playing last year, so from the square. Um, so yeah. I, th- I think it'll time it'll f- take time for Dugowie to find his role now that Elliot's there. Um, but, yeah, it's only round one. We'll keep going. Absolutely. I mean, last year you were 0-2 and two and, and look where you ended up. So it's not the end of the world by any stretch. But uh, you kind of took the question out of my mouth there, CB. It, it was good to see Elliot out there given all the crap he's gone through. I know, you know, Colin Richmond arrivals, but no one likes to see players injured and out and the good players at that. So I'm, I'm sure he'll be jumping on people's heads again again this week um, and causing us a nightmare. Um, well, the one thing go, that was going to uh, go midfield a bit more. Was... Yeah, well, oh, everyone around me on Friday night when we were looking average was yelling out, "Get to go in the midfield! Get to go in the midfield!" Now, I don't think Geordie really had a very smooth preseason. 
um, he had some injury concerns. So maybe he's building and doesn't quite have the tank at the moment to go in there, but he definitely will move through the midfield. Um, it was disappointing to see. I know everyone is excited about having Dane, well, not everyone, but some people are excited to have Dane Beams back. But one thing I did take out of the game is that he still hasn't learned how to defend and that he only runs one way still. And um, we don't really do that anymore. We run both ways now. So I'll be watching with interest to see if he develops that aspect of his game. Did he look a bit rusty to you, Morgs? He looked a bit rusty yeah. to me. Like he'd be a... yeah. yeah, out of touch. Um, I guess he's finding his niche in the lineup. Like this is not the team he's played with for the last four years, but um, and not the same game plan that he left playing. So, yep. um, yeah, as with the others, I guess it'll all take time. But I didn't like what I saw from Dane Beams on Friday night. And CB, the Mighty Tigers, played on Thursday night against Carlton. We won 14-13-97, defeating Carlton 9-10-64. What did you make of the game, and especially about Big Tom Lynch's debut? Um, it, was, it was a classic. It was a classic Richmond Carlton opener, wasn't it? Scrappy, um, pretty tight. Um, Carlton have certainly improved. You can't take you know you can't take it away from them. They they certainly put up a more rounded performance. I would have thought. So we had a pretty good hit out from that perspective. Um, but as we know, round one is Carlton's grand final, and you watch the useless pricks go over to Port Adelaide next week and get rolled by about fifteen goals, and I look like busted. You know what's. Um, yeah. <laughs> but 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 some of the things I mean if you look at the uh, the clearances for example look, we rolled we rolled Carlton in the stoppages twenty seven to twenty five um, they got us in the centre clearances sixteen to ten um, overall clearances it was a differential of four you know thirty seven to forty one in Carlton's favour so if we're talking about sixty six you know overall um, not a real big um, issue in there I don't think um, our conversion still worries me inside fifty. Yeah, um, fifty nine inside fifties compared to forty eight to Carlton, and you look at it was like it was like um, Dusty and um, Butler and a few boys had a bong before they went onto the field, and like some of the the skill errors of uh, our finishing in front of goal was pretty ordinary. Like kicking them out in the full from you know, streaming in, it was just that that's still our biggest concern from last year that it doesn't look like we've addressed. Does that sound fair? Absolutely, it's been a bugbear of mine for a long time, as you well know. Um, re- realistically, we, the game should have been over at half-time after the, our first quarter was pretty exceptional. To go back into our shell, whether, and look, it could have, a lot of it could have been to do with Carlton's changing their game style, which is credit to them. Um, but yeah, just our inability to put teams away when we have to is really frustrating. But uh, Butler, I've almost had enough of him, to be honest. Just He looks, I don't know, he just looks lazy and... It doesn't look like he goes 100 mile an hour when he needs to. Uh, but then, on the other hand, he could do something brilliant that could win us a game. He's just so up and down. I don't know whether he feels more comfortable if he's got Castagna in there as well. I'm not that that should really matter. But, yeah, he's starting to give me the shits a little bit. But uh, Tom Lynch, I yeah. thought he played average, and he kicked three goals. So he'll be loving life. He just dropped a few of those easy marks, didn't he? But I think in about it, five or six weeks, once he gets a bit fitter, a bit more confident, he'll start clunking those. He Do you think like... the weather conditions helped as well? Like it was pretty hot Thursday night too. And they said it was very greasy. They said it was a bit like yeah. like really trying to like, like a wet weather game out there. But I, I guess the thing with Lynch, like he looked absolutely cooked after the first quarter. He looked like he was, yeah, he was running in quicksand with cement shoes on. He yeah. looked really um, 
<clears throat> like he really was short of a gallop. But what I liked was the fact that we took the risk and didn't play him in the reserves. I was always of the opinion that if he's going to play, get him up to speed as quick as you can, mate. Stick him in the ones. And as it turned out, <clears throat> those three goals were pretty um, pretty handy for us. And I think, you know, we got a quarter out of him in reality this week. Maybe we get two quarters out of him next week, you know. Yeah. I haven't really got high expectations on Tom Lynch at this stage. Um, I think by round five, round six, he might start putting it together. Yeah, agree. And what about young Noah Bolter? What did you make of his game? I thought he did really well in the ruck. I was impressed that he was able just to halve the contest and even win a few in the centre. That's all I kind of wanted from him, instead of us just flatly losing when someone of Griggs' height was in there. Um, I, yeah, I thought he, I think he keeps his spot. Oh Well, I think now, see, uh, we're probably shooting ahead a bit here. I think he does hold his spot. Um, again, he got five five disposals um, last Thursday night, but it's what he did for us around the ground. Another big body, contesting in the ruck, just keeping Carlton's rucks honest, you know, still providing a big target. I think, I think this week we won't bring in a like for like. I think Brandon Ellis will come in for Alex Rance. Um, and I think that Bolter and then Curvis will be dropping behind the ball as opposed to pushing forward, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just to um, cover it, because unfortunately, Carlton's got some guys like, I mean, Collingwood's got some bloke who's like 9 foot 4,000 <laughs> hacking around their <laughs> forward line. <laughs> you can say his name, or does it trigger you? No, I can't. I can't. It's like Baltimore. <laughs> All I can hear is just USA, USA, USA. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Rance, uh, we, well, it, was a, it was the next dot point anyway. Um, poor old Rance, he did the ACL. You could tell it wasn't great with the on-field vision, but then his interview after the game all but confirmed it, even without the scans. Um, sad to lose him for the year, but, it, you know, one out, one in kind of thing, as what Hawthorne have done and all the other good teams do, I suppose. Collingwood had all their injuries last year, and they got through just fine. But I just want to mention... Did we? Uh, apparently, oh, there's a hashtag suggesting so that Pies oh. have injuries. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> well, you mustn't log on very often. <laughs> I've got a theory on. This. I've got a theory on this, right? And you'll be, you'll be. I've actually got notes about today's broadcast, mate. I've actually, I've actually tried to do some homework for a change as opposed to just winging it. Um, what the thing about Rance's injury? It's actually now a good test to the club. So, and, and the irony of 2017 when everyone said, "Oh, he didn't have injuries," well, actually. The most key injury of all in 2017 is where we were actually forced to change up due to injury, which was we didn't have a centre forward. Yeah. We had Griffiths out with concussions. So that's what people don't sort of, when they talk about 2017, they don't understand. Our centre forwards were either injured or not standing up. So therefore, we had to change it around. And I think in 2019, now we're presented with a similar situation. We've lost a massive pillar in the back line, but it actually presents us with another opportunity to change it up, which will actually. A lot of teams, when they prepare against Richmond, they rant is such a big factor. Now, all of a sudden, it throws the um, it throws everything up in the air a little bit. And I think the Tigers, while we're working out, it's going to be more of a horses for courses approach, if that makes sense. So against mm-hmm. Collingwood, and I've got some the figures in there. There's a reason why I think Ellis will come in as opposed to a P. But I think we'll have a horses for courses approach uh, moving forward. I think so. I think, and like I said, I, it, it's better for us to, for it to happen now than to happen in round 20 or 21 and, and you're in the eight, you know, about to go into finals and you're going to try and think of a quick plan B. At least we're going to have a full year to get used to it. Um, and no doubt Alex will be around the club helping out, doing what he can. And 
just I know everyone mentioned it even on our thread and in the media as well, but just the way he handled himself after the injury, doing the interview and all that kind of stuff was, was first class. And whether you love him or hate him as an opposition supporter, I, I don't think you could help but not respect him for how he went about it. Absolutely. Never seen anything like it before in my life. Neither have I. Most players who do their knees are either off straight away for scans or really don't want to bar, which is fair. You can understand why they wouldn't. Um, but yeah, to have that kind of mentality is just shows what kind of person he is. So we wish Rancy all the best. I'm sure he'll be around the club and we'll see him back next year. And like you said, it's a big test for the club this year. But um, if we're any good, we'll find a way to get around it. So well, interesting to see how the selections go this week. We'll uh, push on. Uh, the, the Tiger Cast takedown is back this week. It's had about one week's rest. Um, I'm going to take aim. It, it might go for two minutes this time. The last time I only went for about a minute 30. But uh, pretty much going to take aim at a, a couple of our own, to be honest. There's been some really disappointing form for some Richmond supporters this week. So I'll start the clock. I'll, even, I'll buzz myself out when it gets to the two minutes. And uh, if you've got anything to add afterwards, go for it. The Richmond dickhead punching on at the Carlton game afterwards is completely unacceptable. Football, in a broad sense, is meant to be a family-friendly event. I've got a six-month-old son, and we're thinking about starting to take him to the football shortly. And I'd like to know that I could go to games feeling safe and him feeling safe as well. Uh, regardless of anything was said prior to the punches being thrown, it's, it's not an acceptable way to react. You can report it. Um, the security everywhere. There is no need to start fights at a football game with all those people around. If you want to fight, go take up boxing, go take up UFC, go do it in a professional environment. Don't make a dickhead of yourself at the football. And the fact that at this stage, he's only copped a $300 fine or whatever it was, is piss poor. Um, And I hope they find out if he's A, a member that they cancelled the membership, and B, if he's not a member, that the MCG put out a blanket ban that he's not welcome back into the ground for 10 years or whatever they do, because we can't have that happening at football games. Um, charges should be laid as well, and I know that comes down to the individual uh, that was on the end of it, but we, we can't have that happening. And then we find out tonight that the person who was race, made racial remarks to Liam Ryan of West Coast is also a Richmond supporter, which is equally as disappointing, um, there's no need for it. There, there is no reason why anyone needs to be racist towards anyone. Um, and the club got on the front foot and have cancelled his membership for two years, which I think is a good starting point. I know there's been lots of calls to ban him for life. I can see where they're coming from with wanting to stamp it out by doing a, you know, a full life ban. But I'd like to see this person either come out and apologise or help out with our own Indigenous program and show that he's learnt something and he's a bit remorseful for it to earn back the right to become a member of the club again. At the end of the day, if you want to be a member of the Richmond Football Club, you have to be a good, solid citizen, and it should be a no-dickhead policy on the field and a no-dickhead policy off the field. There you go, and that's, that's my two minutes up. Is there anything else either you would like to add to that? I think that with the increase in your membership numbers is going to cause an increase in the amount of dickheads you have. Just the more people, more supporters you have, the more problems you have amongst your supporters because there is more of them. Um, Unfortunately, we can't always weed them out. And for every shithead there is, there are hundreds of thousands of normal people. Um, So it, it is disappointing to see these incidences, but it's heartening to see how the clubs deal with it and how the clubs actually come together and support each other when these things pop up. 
And I just really hope that sometime soon we see a change in behaviour because it there is no reason for this kind of thing to occur in this day and age. We don't need to be treating people like this. And even um, even to extend on that, the Taylor Harris incident as well, like... I reckon I've looked at that photo a hundred times and for the life of me, I can't understand or see what anyone could be saying I, is wrong with no, that photo. Like, I can't I, see it. I try to think of, okay, what angle could they be coming from? And nothing. Like it was, I think it's a remarkable photo and if any of us tried it, or me and CB in particular, we'd likely pull a hamstring. Yeah. Hamstring would snap. I, I don't know if it's <coughs> because I was, I didn't know if it was because I was a female. Like I can't see what they're seeing in that photo. No, I, um, I'm with you. Like, it, it just looks like a magnificent photo, and kudos to her for being able to do it. Kudos for Michael. Was it Michael Wilson took the photo? Um, whoever I'm took the photo. Sure. It was just magnificent. And for people who could never achieve anything like what she has to comment on that is just disrespectful. Like, Oh, she was right to call them animals, Morgs. She was I right to absolutely call them hated it. Yeah, and credit to her for coming out and actually taking a stance against it. A lot of the men, that's probably a bit of a bugbear. The men don't do that. They just sort of let it happen and, and hope that someone in the media will call it out. But she had the guts to come forward and call them out on radio and all that, on social media. And I think that's really good that she stood up for herself and everyone got behind her, which is a really good thing as well. Yeah, we had another incident in the same week where um, one of our... Um, AFLW players retired and there was a post um, yeah, it might right. have been by the AFL <clears throat> Celia McIntosh um, who is a dual sport participant, she's been an Olympian she's had a great sporting career and just because you don't know who she is, that doesn't diminish what she's achieved in sport and then some Fremantle ex-dickhead commented on it as like, oh, well done on your six games or whatever. Uh, just seriously, if you don't know who somebody is or what they've achieved, keep it to yourself. It's the old, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, isn't it? It's as simple as that. But yeah, no, agree. It's unfortunately going to keep happening, but um, as long as we all support the right people when we have to, hopefully we can all keep pushing through. All right, we'll move on to the preview of the big game this week, Richmond versus Collingwood. Um, massive game, as I said at the top of the show, off the back of the prelim final. I, I think there's going to be a lot of heat in this. Collingwood are going to want to bounce back after their lacklustre performance, and especially if they weren't showing that physicality that you spoke at before, Morgs, I'm tipping that's going to come out tenfold in this game. Uh, and if we don't apply ourselves for four quarters, it might get a little bit ugly. But... Um, no doubt it'll be a cracker nonetheless. What's your thoughts on the game, Morgs? How do you see this all panning out? Um, well, yeah, like you said, I don't want to see a repeat of what I saw last week. That's not the team I want to see wearing black and white stripes. Um, they'd want to be an improvement in the effort um, and in the hardness of the player and at the ball. Um, I want to see some kind of better forward line structure. It just didn't really work last week. Um, as good as it was to have Elliot back, uh, I guess there are some kinks that need ironing out in regards to what our forward line structure looks like. And I guess that's going to... We're going to have to take into account the fact that Rance won't be there and adjust for what will come defence-wise. Um, but Buckley's the kind of coach that kind of does try to concentrate on what we do rather than what others do. So um, I guess we just have to wait and see in regards to what 
what we are going to come out with on Thursday night. Where do you reckon the game's going to be won and lost for Collingwood? Um, I'd like to think it'll be won in the midfield. Um, we should have a rough dominance over what you guys have. Um, we should have a better better midfield depth-wise. Um, I didn't really... I wasn't really impressed with what I seen from Dusty last week. He was shocking. Um, he was pretty bad. And, like, I did read some of your game day thread as, as I was at the footy and didn't seem like you guys were very impressed with his output. Um, so I, I would expect something better from him this week. Um, but with the 666 sort of thing, um, I'm hoping our midfield can get on top. And that's the concern. I, I think you're spot on with the call of the winning the ruck battle. I mean, Grundy's a superstar. Um, and as much as we all love Nankervis, I think Grundy is more than likely to get the better of him, although Nank did break even with him one time last year. And then when Cox goes in there, it doesn't really matter who our second ruck is. They're probably not going to win the tap. Um, no. But yeah, so the 666 now, especially without Rant, is going to make things very interesting if you can get the ball in there quickly to your forwards. Because your forward line is probably your second most dangerous part of the ground behind the midfield. So, yeah, the boys are going to have to be on their toes down there. And uh, Captain Blood, what's your take on the game, mate? What do the Tigers have to do to get across the line? <coughs> well, see, I, I think the midfield, it's not going to be one in the midfield. I think it's going to be one either through the Pies forward line or our back line. And it sort of plays into um, some, I had a look at a few stats and things. And just assume me, I'm, I'm just, if I'm wrong, Morgs, you can correct me. But I've got eight players down as primarily pie forwards, right? Stevenson's 188 centimetres and 77 kilo. Josh, yeah. Thomas is a, Josh Thomas is 178 centimetres, 79 kilo. Mm-hmm. Big Coxies, 211, 108. Side bottoms, 184.86. Elliot's, 178.81. Uh, Big Brody Myacek's, 192.94K. Uh, Dugowie's, 191.91. And I've got Varco as the eighth forward at 180 and 83 kilo. So when you look at that, right, that's pretty much a mid-sized forward line, barring the obvious one being Mason Cox, who's 9 foot 4,000. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the Tigers' backs. Jaden Short, 178.75. Asprey will take Cox, there's no doubt about it, at 195.96 kilo. Massive height advantage here to Cox. Brody's 192.89. I've got Brandon Ellis coming in because he can play wing halfback flank at 181.82. Hawley's 180.84. Grimes, 193.90 kilos. Uh, 193 centimetres, 90 kilos. Foston's 187.87, and Noah Bolt is 194 and 94 kilos. So what I'm trying to say there is excluding Mason Cox, pound for pound, the forward back lines are actually very similar sized. So mm. I don't think there needs to be great change from Richmond, if that makes sense. Those, those six or seven players, they've played together for about the last um, two years. So they know the system. And if our backs get on top... Um, I think being a bit smaller, like not obviously having Rance as well, we have that ability to possibly transition the ball very quickly, slingshot it out of the back line. And I think that's where, if Richmond's got to be any chance, <clears throat> that back line has to blanket that forward line. That's that's where I think the game's won and lost. 
That's a, a fair enough and, and good analysis there, CB. I'm impressed. You like that? Very well, good. there was a lot of numbers. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but what, it, what it says, if people slow it down and listen to it, what, what it says, like I said, is, is that the fact of the matter is there's no, apart from Cox, there's no real height advantage from the pies forwards, so if that makes sense. No. And even your smaller players, we've got players who can go with them. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. We're not... We don't have a tall forward line. I guess that's where we very much differed from West Coast on grand final day. We don't have the height that they have or that Fremantle have. I don't know where they're finding all these giant people from. We just have one. Um, So, yeah, I guess you're right in saying that that will be a crucial matchup with our forward line and your back line being similar heights. Um. Um, what about match-up-wise? I did, wise? I did like what Elliot bought last week that was different to what we've seen previously because usually he's a lead-up mark or uh, like a high-flying mark, but his ground presence was different last week. So His first in, goal, his first goal a, was, it was a classic forwards goal. Yeah, body yeah, that but, way, just after but him, he, you know. He's not, he doesn't usually play like a small forward. No, he, he, was, he always played like, tall. He always played tall, but he played a role last week that was different to him. He had five tackles. That's not something in a game where we didn't tackle very much. Um, I, I thought that was an improvement to see him play a smaller role. Um, and I think I think we're going to need him to be able to do that at ground level rather than just trying to jump over people's heads all the time. Yeah, you got smacked in the tackles, Morks. 63-49 mm. last week. Yeah, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And CB, You really have written down a lot of stats, yeah. CB. Is this what you meant no, when you I've said you're going to surprise me? Clicking, I, can, I can just click on the um, on the games and quickly bring up the stats, <laughs> you see. <laughs> I thought you'd put in all this for me. I, I did. I did. <laughs> he did. He's showing off now. He's never this prepared at all. Yeah, no, I've listened to this before, and I know that's true. <laughs> now, CB, tell me, for the love of God, we're going to play Grimes on Dugowie. Surely we've learnt our lesson from the prelim. Everyone, bar Hardwick, knew that this had to be the move to make, and it probably cost us three or four goals in the end. That has to be the move. Well, there's two things. A, yes, Grimes has to lock down on Dugowie. And do you reckon there's a chance in how we could possibly put a lockdown player on steel side bottom and actually Any just control that prick for once. Any, Any danger. danger we could have. Anyone within 20 metres of this bloke because he's run around carving us a new arsehole. I just, you know, I'd really like to see that. Damien, if you're listening, I know you're a big listener of the show. Please stop <laughs> to your side bottom. Please. But it, as, a, as a Collingwood supporter, I'm almost flummoxed by teams that don't put effort into side bottom. Yeah. If you haven't realised by now his importance to us, he, you're just never going to get it. He's more important to you than Pendlebury. I know people, teams probably put Pendlebury as your best player. I don't think he's your most damaging player, though. Absolutely Side bottom's not. possession is far more damaging um, when he's you know forward of centre. You can kick goals, set up goals. And, yeah, that prelim final, we literally stood 30 metres off him and let him. He had his own share in that day. It was crazy. Can, can, can I just put this out there? Calling the supporters, if you're listening, don't come after me. It's just a personal observation. Um, I thought... Scott Pendlebury looked a bit slow the other night as well. I know we spoke about Burns, but Pendles just looked half a yard off it on um, Friday night. What do you reckon, Morks? Well, it just Collingwood a slow su- start to the season? Or? Collingwood supporters can come after me because I don't give a shit. I cannot stand Scott Pendlebury as our captain, and I'm 
well-renowned for my opinion on this. I don't feel like he could lead a horse to water. Um, I, oh, he's so frustrating. All the ability in the world, but it's just it's not clicking. It's not gelling. He didn't have a good year last year, and I listened to his podcast last week where he said he had um, a back injury last year, so he was playing hampered, and he looked like somebody on Friday night who was recovering from back surgery. He just he didn't look he just didn't look sharp. And no. he, was getting, he was actually getting closed down pretty quickly. I thought the jawline yeah. put the work into him. And he Whereas just he would right. usually have that space and time, he didn't have any of that on Friday night. Yep, agree. And that was that was sort of where I'm coming from. It just looked, you know, like yeah. they're all over him. So, all you Collingwood frogs, that's for you, Tig seventy one. <laughs> don't come after me. It's just come after me. You can at me. I don't mind. <laughs> and we've got our soundbite there too. When we when we launch the podcast, we can actually launch this as Morgs Morgs writes off Pendles for season yeah, two. Yeah, I'm putting that in, in the description for sure. <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. They absolutely love me over on the Collingwood board. They just adore me. They love me too. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get off our board. I see you. I see you over there. On the other matchups, what? Who do you think is going to go to Tom Lynch? Um. And Jack Rudolph Jordan for that Ruffhead? matter. I'm not sure if Roughhead would go to Lynch. Maybe I'd like to see how that works out. And I think Jeremy Howe has to go with Rudolph, doesn't he? How on Rewalt or more on Rewalt? Oh, I, re- I reckon more more on Lynch, and I would say how on Rewalt. Yeah. You've got options, that's for sure. And I think, like you well, said before, we have the more best options spots now than we've had before. Yeah. Like, that was where we were found lacking in tall defenders, and we've come up with two that we didn't have last year, and Lyndon done to follow. So. We're getting some form of defence back. All right, we'll um, uh, go through what we think the ins and outs might be. Morgs, do you reckon there's going to be any change to the Collingwood side this week? Um, if there was, I could only see it being Greenwood coming in. Um, I'd rather he didn't. For, maybe for Callum Brown. Um, Levi does love a little lockdown role. Loves maybe a tag. Put one of those on Dusty if Dusty shows up this week. Reckon we could get him to play on side bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought it was strange selection by us last week because usually we put um, Levi on Selwood and Selwood cries for four quarters, which is a delight to watch. So I don't know why that didn't happen, and that was one of my worries going in that Selwood would get on top of us without us having a tag on him. Um, so maybe that'll be the change this week. All right, and CB, what about for us? Rance is the obvious out, and you think it's just a straight swap for Brandon Ellis? You reckon that's about it? <clears throat> yep, I reckon so. I reckon they'll drop um, Bolter. Our rucks will drop, because we've got two big blokes up the front. They'll drop one of the big blokes behind the ball just to um, just to make, uh, what's his name, Big Mason Cox. Sorry, I can't say his name. That big fella. <laughs> USA. Uh, make his life a bit harder. And, and, and ironically, um, probably Port Adelaide showed us a little bit of the way as well with how they handled Max Gorn. And you would hope our blokes just absolutely smack the shit into Mason Cox and just block his run at every chance just so he can't quite get to the get to the um, peak of the ball when he jumps. You would hope that happens and then we just get dirty ball, just make it a dirty ball contest at ground level. That's what I think, you know. 
Yeah, I think we're probably going to have to do something to try and stop him. Um, and before we go, there was a, a question from a listener. This is probably more aimed at you, CB, because I think it's Richmond-related from uh, my mate Josh Reese. Are you worried about the 666 uh, that teams will start to get a hold of us now occasionally with Rance not there? Um, obviously, Rance is a, a gun, and you can't really replace Rance with someone like Rance. Um, so do you think we're going to be a bit more vulnerable now down back in that 666 scenario if teams get quick clearances? In all honesty, no, because only because our tactics has been has been so solid for two years. So they all know the system. Like we understand, Rance, you can't you can't replace Rance. But at the end of the day, you, you look at the work Dave Asprey does with his, his intercept marking and body work on the big dogs. Um, Garth did come in against Hawkins and touched him up last year. I, you know, and we all know the the, the intercept marking abilities of um, Boss. Um, no, I I think. I guess as part of me, the hopes we stick it up them. Um, but, I, but I think um, the more concern is not so much the back. I think the concern is our midfield, which switch, switches off at times. That's probably the bigger problem, mate. That That's yeah. where it's not the defence. It's the midfield that worries me a bit when we switch off. Fair enough. All right, and before we finish up, because I know you've got to get to work, Morgs, we'll just get a quick tip, including margin from everyone. So, Morgs, we'll start with you. Who's going to win by how much? Look, I'm just going to have faith this time. Um, I'm going to go with Pies, um, 13 points. No worries. CB? Yeah, look, Morgs, I reckon it is going to be close. Um, I think Tigers by 89. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Uh, For reckon... all those stats, that's what you've, <laughs> you've come up with. Jeez, what a build-up. <laughs> I reckon Richmond by 16, but I don't say that with any amount of confidence whatsoever. Could very much go either way. Uh, just a reminder, the game is on Thursday night. Such a shit night to play football. Uh, MCG 720, live on 7 and Foxtel. Morgan Ashley, Captain Blood 17. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me again. I look forward to joining you, hopefully prelim time this year with a different Always outcome a of pleasure. course <laughs> <laughs> no no same outcome <laughs> yeah, thanks Always CB pleasure, for coming guys, prepared tonight, mate. fantastic thank you yeah. always enjoy my time with you captain thanks I love guys you, girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> alright go Tikes Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!